Welcome to the Lost Then Found Podcast. This is a space where we will discuss life, share truth, and gain an encouraging perspective, no matter our season or our circumstances. I'm your host, China Vogel, and this is a peek into my journey of being lost then found. Well, hello and welcome to the Lost and Found podcast. I am your host, China Vogel, and I am so glad you are joining me. Uh, whether this is you're listening in the morning, around your lunch break, or late at night, regardless, I'm just so glad that you're here. And this week, we are diving back in. I uh, took a bit of a pause last week and just kind of caught my breath to kind of regain perspective as we kind of had this gap where we could kind of catch up on, um, man, where are we, where are we going? Right. And so I took that time and kind of, uh, thought through that. And, you know, there's this tension sometimes that I can find as someone who's creating content and trying to pull from my previous life experience, um, and things that the Lord's taught me in that, but also trying to pull from you know, current revelation that the Lord's giving to me, things that he's teaching me right here, right now. And so today we actually get a bit of both. So very exciting. But today we're actually going to be looking at, you know, what do you do when you get in kind of a funk? When, man, maybe you feel like everything's out against you, or you just feel like, man, everything's off. Like not, you're not like feeling like you're on a mountaintop, right? And I have that, right? I am, uh, if you know me in, in, uh, real life, <laughs> you, if you have any kind of proximity to me, uh, you probably know that I can be someone who's super high. Um, but without Jesus, I, my highs can be super high and my lows can be super low. And so luckily Jesus comes in and he has a way of dealing with that. Um, not that he made a mistake in how he made me, but that he has a way of kind of leveling some of those those dips out, right? But I can still have uh, low weeks, right? And so uh, I can really get out of sorts sometimes. Uh, and sometimes I need a timeout. <laughs> sometimes I need a red button to hit reset. Maybe you know what I'm talking about right now. Maybe I'm getting an amen on the other side of this. Or maybe you just need a touch from the Lord like I need sometimes. Like I just need a moment to get in his presence and That'll, that'll help set things right. Um, and sometimes I need both, right? But I wanted to tell you a story about how recently I actually had kind of a stint of that where a couple of days in a row, I kind of had this heaviness going on and this ugh feeling and I was in a funk. I couldn't get out of it and I couldn't, I kind of just felt like, um, what I feel like my two-year-old does when she gets kind of fed up with a situation, she just sits down and pouts. Like, I feel like that's where I was <laughs> looking back on it, of course, in hindsight. And so I, uh, you know, love to get up and start my day before the rest of my family does. Um, I am not by nature an early riser. Like I love sleep. I like going to bed early and sleeping in. I like sleep on both ends. Um, but uh, as we've had kids and over the last, you know, five years here, I've really learned to love getting up, you know, while the sun's still down and going slow, getting my coffee, getting some water, spending some time uh, with the Lord, reading, praying. And uh, 
So I had done that. I was in this funk and I wake up and I'm like, I get out of bed and I'm ready. Like, I'm like, I'm going to go down and I'm going to meet with Jesus. And so I get downstairs, I get my cup of coffee. And then I start to hear my two-year-old Nina uh, crying on the monitor. And so this is just a few hours before they normally wake up. And I was hopeful that maybe I could just pop in. She had lost her passy, but hoping I could pop in, soothe her, and then get out before Zella woke up because they share a room. And uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> so I, I'm walking, I open the door and my four-year-old, I'm pretty sure she wasn't coherent yet, but she shot straight up in bed. She's like, is it time to be awake? I'm like, definitely not time to be awake. Um, so I get them both settled, like get Nina her passy, get Zella back down. I'm like, it's not time to be up yet. Um, and of course the sun's rising sooner. So Zella's like kind of confused and I'm like, no, 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 it's not time yet. Like go back to sleep. Um, and so I get them both settled. I go back downstairs and I thought I had maybe succeeded for a small little window of time, but pretty quickly they both emerged, uh, both of them needing to potty. And yes, if you're wondering, I am potty training two children right now. Um, Zella was a little bit of a late bloomer with that. And Nina, because she's seeing her older sister do it is on the train. So we are potty training two at once. Pray for me. <laughs> it's actually going pretty decent until two of them have to go at the same time. And they're both needing me in the same place. And obviously we don't have two toilets in the same room. So, um, so anyway, so I'm, finally just kind of cave and I'm because like you have to deal with that right so we deal with potting we get I get them dressed for the day I get downstairs and by the time I get downstairs it's time to start getting breakfast going and so at this point I start cooking and I've got two growing you know babies that are growing very hangry uh Nina being uh that girl likes to eat as soon as her eyes open and so if she's not fed like you're gonna you're gonna hear it um but they're tired. They're, they were up much earlier than they should have been. And I was on a time crunch because my husband needed to get out the door within a certain time window. And so I'm trying to get his stuff, you know, kind of squared away. And so I had like pressure, uh, time pressure plus kids pressure, plus maybe feeling a little sour that my time got robbed and hangry kids. <laughs> and it's not what I would call ideal, right? Like, and I was already in a, in a funk and then this, you know, that's how I started, you know, day number three of this. And so I was already tapped out just being really honest. Like it was eight o'clock in the morning. I was like, okay, I've had my fill. Can I just go back to bed and restart with a new day? Can we just have a new one? <laughs> so after all this, you know, I, I get everyone set up, get, you know, Justin, his staff and, um, and get the girl set up at the table and I go and sit down to eat my breakfast and I made eggs and some fruit and some toast. And, um, and I just have no wind of myself left, uh, cause it had gotten knocked out pretty quick. And so I start eating my eggs and about three bites in, I realized that I didn't salt the eggs when I cooked them. Um, which, you know, salt, I think is one of those things that we don't appreciate until it's not there. Right. Uh, it's seemingly, um, yes, it has its own flavor, but it tends to bring out the best of what's already existing there if you use it correctly, right? And so I'm sitting there and I just stared at my eggs. I was so annoyed. <laughs> I just stared at the eggs. And you know what I did? I didn't salt them. And that sounds silly. Like I didn't have salt and pepper at the table. And I knew what it needed. And I knew it would make 
that moment better, that it would make my eggs taste better. But because my heart posture and the fact that I was so irritated, uh, I ended up being kind of stuck there. I chose to like sit down like Nina does and just like put my head down and pout. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at those bland eggs and the Holy Spirit, as he so often does, uh, just came and just poked (laughs) right in that moment. And I had this realization that that's what we do in life, that, you know, we can be in less than ideal situations. And sometimes we end up just stopping and not doing anything because the wind's been taken out of our sails and I'm just going to sit here and maybe not pout, but like we we just kind of get stuck, right? And I really, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be the only person with this. Maybe I am. Um, And if so, then pray for me. But (laughs) I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person who does this. So if we stop and think about this for a minute, let's, let's apply this to our life, right? So sometimes we have things that don't look the way that we want them to. Things don't turn out the way that we expect them to, that things and situations and people can frustrate our plans, right? And we can end up sitting in life, feeling stuck, feeling sour, feeling bitter, eating the eggs that are in front of us. Um, And maybe you feel like that, like maybe you've been given some bland eggs um, after like a series of, of hard hits. And maybe you know what to do to get out of the situation. Maybe you don't. Um, and sometimes, you know, I know that there's things that I can do to make it better and I just don't do it because <laughs> I'm too busy throwing a pity party. Um, so I, whether you do or don't know how to get out of that place, um, the revelation that I had is what I'm hoping to share with you, uh, that I had over my own bland eggs, right? So the truth of this is that even if you've been given tough situations in life, even if you have bland eggs sitting in front of you right now, the reality is, is that there is salt that's available to you. Now we're, we're kind of applying and stretching this, this analogy here. So just stick with me, you know, salt, it brings out the good flavor. It highlights the good things that are in front of you, right? So like if you're playing into eggs, you can kind of taste the richness and the fattiness of the yolk and you get, I mean, if I'm talking sunny side up, right? So um, it helps the whites to not taste so white. <laughs> it just brings out the, the the best in whatever you're tasting, right? Whatever's in front of you. And so it may not fix everything, but it is something that you can do that helps to shift what you're focusing on, Right. And so this begs the question that what is the salt that you can add when the wind's been taken out of your sails? What is the salt that you can add, uh, the seasoning you can add to bring out the best regardless of the circumstances? Well, that's salt. And the salt we're talking about today is Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving is the salt that you can apply to anything that is before you. And it will make it better. (laughs) It shifts your focus. And how you apply that salt, right? Like normally I would take a shaker and I'd shake it or I'd pinch some salt and sprinkle it on. But that act of applying salt is actually done through the act of prayer. 
So our opening passage for today is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, rejoice at all times. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in every circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. So let's break this down. We're talking about Thanksgiving and we're talking about prayer today. So Thanksgiving has a few variations of the word. Um, and some of the main ones that I found in terms of what's how it's applied within the Bible is to give praise to God. It's that we give thanksgiving in song or in worship or in hymns of praise. That there can be a thank offering or a sacrifice of thanksgiving, which we'll hit on uh, in the next few weeks. And then there's confession. And one representation of Thanksgiving, if you dig down to the the Hebrew, down to the Strong's um, version of that, is I believe it's a tauda, if I'm saying that right. But it's meaning, uh, it actually means it's an extension of the hand. What a beautiful thought, like that when I think of worship, like a lot of times my gut response is to, to put my hands out, is to extend my hand open to heaven. Or, you know, an extension as in like I'm reaching out to grab a hold of something. It's just a really beautiful thought there. And prayer can be defined as an address, like a, like a, like you're petitioning, right? That, that can be towards God in word or in thought. So it doesn't mean that you have to speak it out loud or that you just pray internally. It can be either, either when. So what we're talking about here, though, when we're looking at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, so rejoice at all times, right? That we pray without ceasing, that we give thanks in every circumstance for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. So what we're talking about here is that we're talking about giving praise, that we're giving an offering or a sacrifice of our thanksgiving to God. And we do that by praying, right? That we're addressing God and extending our hearts and extending our hands. And in our hand, we're offering our thanks and our praise to him. I just heard uh, Pastor John Mark Comer say that prayer is more relational than it is functional. And what he was meaning by that is that it's more about the relationship that, you know, there's this ebb and flow to throughout your day and throughout your life, rather than it being a function that you do to ask for what you get uh, or want to get, right? Um, but it's relational, right? That it is, it's woven throughout your day, throughout your living, throughout your tasks and your roles, that at all times he's there for us to extend our hand to, and we can give him praise and thanksgiving, and he wants to give us things in return. So we're going to dive into this. And I hope that that definition of prayer, especially what um, John Mark Comer had said like that, that seems to be kind of a foundational thing that I'm still unlearning, to be quite honest with you, that so often I can just um, see prayer as a way for me to bring my list of things to the Lord. And the reality is, is that 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 ongoing dialogue with him, whether you're thinking it in your head or whether you're saying it out loud, um, 
or you're feeling it in your your heart, you know, there is the opportunity for an ongoing dialogue with the Lord through the Holy Spirit, which we'll get into more. But let's dive into today. Prayer and Thanksgiving. So a few verses that are pretty common that I think would be important for us to look at today. So Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Then on in Psalm 104, 104, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. And then on into Colossians uh, 3, 15 through 16. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of of Christ richly dwell within you as you teach, as you admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. So let's break these down because I think that these scriptures, and I'm sure there's plenty more, but these are the ones that I'd kind of honed in on. Um, end up showing us something deeper when we're looking at it through the lens of like, okay, so what, what is prayer supposed to be? And how does Thanksgiving fit into that, right? So to start off with that Philippians 4, 6 passage, it's saying that with prayer and Thanksgiving in your prayer, that we receive God's peace. And that's how we combat anxiety. So don't be anxious, right? Instead, do this. That's how we combat it. That's the tool you've been given there. And it goes on to say that it guards our minds and our hearts as we're abiding in the peace that Jesus gives us through prayer and thanksgiving. And then on to Psalm 104. It says that we come into his gates and into his courts with, once again, praise and thanksgiving, that we give thanks to him and we bless his name. And I heard another pastor talk about this recently about Thanksgiving and he had, it expressed it in this way where uh, almost like that there's a, a gate right you know like the the passage says that there's a gate that's um, leading into his presence into where the Lord is at and a gate is protecting that right and so how do we get in there you know gates generally need keys right? If it's any sort of good gate, it needs a key to be opened. And I believe the key, as he was expressing it, the key and the hinge that that door swings on is Thanksgiving. That Thanksgiving is what moves that door to an open position so we can come in uh, fully to the Lord's presence. And man, that just super um, wrecks me right? Because that changes how I think about Thanksgiving. I'm not saying nice things to God to get things from him. No, like, I mean, yes, I want to come into his presence, but that ends up starting to become this thing of like, no, that's just how you start approaching God, right? Like, no, you're, you're worthy of this. 
and I, I desire to be close to you. I desire to be in your presence. And so this is how I posture myself, right? With Thanksgiving, you let your, uh, your heart posture and the nature about what you're doing come through that lens. And then we go on to, into Colossians 3, 15 through 16. And that whole passage is super amazing as a guide on how to live as a new creation in Jesus, right? In this section of scripture, it's talking specifically about being thankful and to let the peace of Jesus rule in our hearts as we engage with one another. Because how many of us know <laughs> that unless you choose to go live on an island, which I wouldn't recommend, but you have people around you and people are going to be messy and people are going to be difficult and it's going to be hard. I believe he recommended this because he knows <laughs> oh, that the peace of Jesus is what you need when you're engaging other people. That gratitude is something you need when you're engaging with people who aren't perfect and when you're not perfect. But God says, no, give thanks. And then he tells us what to do. He says, teach encourage, sing, worship with gratitude, with thanksgiving in your heart. So that way in whatever you do, whether it's by what you say or by what you do with your hands, that it's unto the Lord as you give thanks. So for me, I felt like I was seeing some connections there. And I believe that um, as we look at those passages, I see some consistent things that are worth pointing out. So number one, God has given us prayer and thanksgiving as a way to protect our hearts, protect our heart and minds, right? Obviously uh, that passage opened up with that, but that prayer with thanksgiving is protection. And then once again, that, that Thanksgiving works as a hinge in a way to open the door into God's presence and that all the good things that are in his presence, whether that be peace or whether that be clarity or wisdom or healing or whatever, we gain access to that through Thanksgiving, through prayer and, and Thanksgiving. And then finally, that his peace comes through Thanksgiving and prayer, right? that that peace that guards our heart and mind, but that's how you get a hold of that peace. And so the great theologian uh, Spurgeon actually said, in all states of dilemma or difficulty, prayer is an available source. The ship of prayer may sail through all temptations, doubts and fears straight up to the throne of God. And though she may be outward bound with only grief and groans and sighs, she will return freighted with a wealth of blessings. How good is that? That man, that the ship of prayer, uh, although there may be all sorts of things around, around you, that prayer takes you to the throne of God and that coming back <laughs> on, on the return voyage, and that there's blessings that will be um, carried with you in that. How good is that? And Thanksgiving is what allows us to enter in when we get there. Prayer carries us there. And I believe Thanksgiving, um, man just opens that door so we can have full access. And so when, when we pray, we don't have to hope that he hears us, right? 
or that he'll move on our behalf. No, we, we, we know how to gain access to our Lord. We know that he's readily available. So every time we can open up with, thank you, God, you are good to me. God, you delivered me. God, you saved me from my addictions. You saved me from my bondage. You saved me from my wrong thinking. You saved me from my sin and from my shame and from my brokenness. Lord, you healed me. You restored me. You have given me good things and you have good things ahead for me. Man, and when we do that, we know that we're unlocking heaven. That we're entering into his court to have access to him. And that that kind of thanksgiving actually can shift the mood around us. And maybe more importantly, it shifts the mood within us. That when you're in a funk and when I need to shift and when you need to shift and when you're staring at some bland, sad eggs and you just feel like everything's pinned against you, man, you need to know this, that salt is available and it can highlight the good things that are right in front of you because there are good things to look at in front of you. And thanksgiving to God, gratitude to God through prayer is how you apply that salt to any circumstance that's in front of you. And you know, last year, as many of you know, my husband was very sick, right? Very, very sick. And it started, I want to say late March, early April. And as we were working through trying to get answers and trying to get him healthy, uh, we ended up kind of in this yo-yo effect where he would start to get better and we'd have hope like, oh, he's he's getting better. We're, we're coming out of this. And then wham, something else would pop up. And this went on for like a couple of months where it was like every other week something crazy was happening. Um, like crazy, <laughs> crazy stuff. And so we just couldn't get a handle on it. Like we had doctors involved. We had, we got, you know, some, some doctors further away at a larger hospital involved. And um, even though, you know, at, at mid-May, uh, Justin was starting to get better again. We were thinking, okay, we've got a handle on this. We understand this a little bit better now. And it was the day of my, you know, almost four-year-old's birthday, but it would have been her three-year birthday party. And I woke up uh, in the wee hours of the morning to my husband with 105 temp. He was hallucinating <laughs> because his temp was so high. And uh, we stuck it out till the doctor's office opened. I'm getting Terry just remembering this, but we rushed him over to his doctor uh, to try and get him help and thinking like, man, his fever's back. The antibiotics must have not worked, you know, and I'm thinking through all the scenarios, but I'm thinking they're going to give him some medications and send him home. And, um, and while it was definitely not in my plans that day or for that week, he ended up getting admitted to the hospital because they were so concerned that there was multiple issues going on at that part at that point that he was having heart issues that, um, they thought he was septic. They like, there was like kidneys were shutting down just a whole slew of issues that they were like very alarmed about. So they just admitted him. And so that, uh, was not what I was expecting, what any of us were expecting, but like I blow, blew up a balloon arch the night before. Like that's just not where my brain was. And so my husband, uh, ended up being in the hospital for a week, right? And so through that, uh, you know, me at home, I'm taking care of our two two girls, um, trying to juggle, 
you know, the responsibilities that I had at that point, which were less than they had been a year prior, but there were still plenty of things to, to do and take care of. Um, and honestly, those are some of the things that I could control <laughs> at that moment. So I was okay with still doing those. Um, and then I was trying to find windows to have people watch the girls. So that way I could pop over and go spend some time with them and get the latest updates from all the testing that they were doing. And I was driving an immense amount during that, that week, during that stint of time, I would get the girls dropped off, you know, like uh, at that point I was having someone in Fenton watch them, which is like 25 minutes away, 20 minutes away. And then I was driving another 20, 25 minutes to Clinton and then all the way back again. And so it was just a lot of driving and I was in the car a lot. And as I was driving, um, I was going to get the girls dropped off. I was going to the store, going to the hospital all over again each day. And it was a lot. Um, And one of the very first days I was in the car, I remember so distinctly the song, uh, this song came on and it's called Wait On You uh, by Maverick City and came on. I just had YouTube playing, I think, and uh, the lyrics go like this. So it says, "I, I know that you've ordered every step and you are the author. But there's no predicting what is next, but you hold the future. And all the questions, they come second to the one I know is true. You've always been true. So I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you. I've tasted your goodness. I trust in your promise. I'm going to wait on you. And then the bridges of the song says, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength. So wait, I say. And then it goes on to, to an alternate bridge that says, says that those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles and soar. They shall walk and not get weary. They shall run and not go grow faint. And that's what happens when you wait. And the song is, it's a powerful song. Um, and it's pulled from, you know, a lot of that is pulled from Isaiah 40, 31. And as I sat there that first day, uh, the Lord <laughs> just hit me. And uh, I just remember sitting there and waiting. Like I felt like I was waiting for the Lord to show up, right? That uh, in the midst of that, especially that that first verse that I read where I, I know that you've ordered every set, step. Um, I'm scrolling back to it. And all the questions, they come second to the one I know is true because you've always been true. I'm going to wait on you. I've tasted your goodness. I trust in your promise. And you know, I sat there with that song and every day when I got in the car, I wouldn't put that song on. It would just come on. And if that's like, that sounds like I'm stretching it, but I'm not like, it felt like the Lord was just putting that song on for me. Um, And what would happen? Of course, the Lord's presence would come into the car. And I'd be so filled up and so reminded of, oh God, no, I know what you've, I know what you've done for us in the past. I've seen you do. I, I say miraculous and I don't say miraculous lightly. He's done miraculous things in my home and in my life. And I know the call and the promises that he has on my husband and on our ministry and on my ministry and on our children. And so I remembered who the Lord had been. (laughs) I remembered who he had been. And I'm, oh, I'm so crying right now. But that was such a sweet time with the Lord. And that sounds 
crazy to say because I should have been crushed that week. Like the amount of things that were happening and going on, like there should have, I, I should have been unraveling and I wasn't. <laughs> and I wasn't. And what came out of that, my husband got better. A week later, he got um, discharged from the hospital. He came home and he, it took time, but he got better. And the Lord saw us through. The Lord delivered my husband out of that. And when there was a lot of scary questions in that and a lot of fear, like um, the, the things that they were worried about, all of that came back positive, like on the positive side, like not like he tested positive, like um, the best case scenario of all those things came back. And and I just really think that there was uh, something to those car rides <laughs> with the Lord. And I believe my ability to withstand that situation was because of a few things. And it's to the point that I had already pointed out earlier in our episode, but I remembered who God had been that I had given thanks despite the circumstances. And I believe that God's grace met me as I gave praise and thanks and fixed my heart on him and said, no, I'm going to wait on you because I know who you are. I've seen what you've done and I know that you'll do it again. Maybe Justin hasn't been sick before and maybe I haven't needed you to heal him before, but Lord, I know that you're for us and I, I believe you're going to show up in our, and to help us in our time of need because that's who you are. And so, friend, the same goes for you today. <laughs> I share I share all that to just encourage you that if you are, man, if you, whether you feel like you're throwing a fit or maybe you just, maybe like if you're calling that out for what it is, or maybe you just feel like, man, life is hard and it's sucked lately and stuff has just been stacked against you, like regardless of, you know, where you fall in that. This still applies. And the the fact being that no matter what's in front of you, no matter what's in front of you, that the Lord has prescribed something for your soul that will help you with what's in front of you, that will help you to taste the good things that are in front of you to help fix your eyes on the good stuff. And you need salt to bring out the best <laughs> and giving thanks for what you already have and for what he already has been and for what he's promised to be to you. Man, that is the best seasoning you could put on anything that's in front of you. <laughs> and I promise it'll make those eggs taste way better. And sometimes he has a way of just giving you a brand new plate of food, like, but sometimes he doesn't and that's okay too. But friend, there is salt that's available to you, that thanksgiving is available to you, and prayer is the ship that you sail on to get there. It's how you apply the salt, it's how you sprinkle it on, and how you distribute that, that you come to the Lord in prayer, and that with thanksgiving, you present your request to God, that you remember who he's been. And so I pray that this has encouraged you today. I don't have a short, skinny list for you on what you should do. Um, but my my hope and my prayer is that this is just an encouragement for your soul. That Thanksgiving is your salt, that it's available to you, and that um, man, the Lord has prescribed good things for you to do 
when you find yourself feeling like you're stuck or like you're in a funk, uh, there are good things that can help hit that, that reset button for you. So I'm going to pray over you before we depart today. And Jesus, I do. I just pray for peace right now. God, that right now as we come to you in prayer, that you are not, we're not just volleying up thoughts to the sky, hoping that they make it to heaven. No, Lord, I know that you are here with me, that you're here in the room with me, that you are closer than I think you are, that I know that you are. And God, I believe that you're close to the person on the other side of this listening. God, that you want to make uh, your proximity known, <laughs> that you want to make your closeness uh, revealed to them. And God, I, I just thank you for this revelation that, man, for a sour soul, <laughs> when you when we have a way of getting so fixated on what's negative and what's going wrong, God, that thanksgiving and praise to the God who is good all the time from generation to generation, to the God who hasn't changed and never will change, for the only one that we can count on in this world. God, that thanksgiving to your name and your name alone can shift our inner world, that it can change the temperature of what's going on inside of our heart and helps us to lift our gaze up. I almost see a picture of you like I do with my children sometimes when I need them to make eye contact that I put my hand under their chin and I lift their, their head up so their eyes meet my gaze. And God, I believe that's what you're doing with people right now. God, that you want to lock eyes with someone right now to let them know that I'm here, that I see you, that you're not alone. And God, I pray that as they look back at you, that they would see you rightly and that they'd give you uh, not just lip service, but the praise and the glory and the honor that you are so worthy of. Because God, you are worthy of it. You are deserving of it. You're the only one who's deserving of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, I love you. Uh, I want to encourage you to stay tuned for next week uh, as we're going to be kind of unpacking more around prayer. And just like I said, some of those things that I feel like the Lord's been uh, scratching the surface of for me. So I love you. I'm praying you have a blessed week. 